I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And we are skid pad walking. It's basically like a track. It, well, I mean, it's there's a timed event happening on a fairly paved surface. <laughs> fairly paved is accurate. Yeah. So, we woke up this morning. Barely. Realizing how little we have actually recorded. We had grand plans this week. Well, yeah, like we thought it would be easy, right? All the downtime would be like, we have these, these nice cars. What are, yeah, but we've got like 12 minutes of driving a day. Yeah. If you've got 12 minutes of driving in an eight hour day, there should be ton of time There's to no record time. things. There's no time. Yeah. Cause was, we're always like hanging out, talking, just BSing. Thinking about things. Thinking about driving, driving, waiting for food, eating food. Packing and unpacking does not take a lot of my day, though. No, no, you guys. If nothing else, you guys nailed the how quickly can we unpack and pack a car. There's very few things we're good at, but that's the, it's that's pretty it. Solid. Yeah. If we had, like, we need to have that be like a scored event, so we could get some points on people. I genuinely think you guys would be top five easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Like, what's weird is we can pack faster than Andy can pack the McLaren. Yeah. Mostly because we just, like, throw it in the cavernous space that is the Kia rather than the careful Tetris-like maneuvers of McLaren things. Yeah, he's got to actually, like, think through why not. Hey, pick up that cord. What? Well, then we have to walk further apart. Oh, I gotta do the, the loopy there thing. Go. There you go. We're good. Scott burdened me with a long Should cord we, and the responsibilities that come along with it. Let's go counterclockwise first, because okay. that's how it's done. So we're here at the Tire Rec headquarters for the day eight, final day of the One Lap of America. All four Sunday Cup cars made it back, largely without incident. We were just discussing the, the, the bulk of our technical incidents. Um, Bob and I had a loose sway bar end link twice twice um marlon had um something's going on with the tires we don't know what but yeah tim had a minor off and we don't know if they got flat spotted or a belt is separating in one of them or there's certainly a lumpy clicky thing going on related to a tire yes um we decided to overfill the transmission. Oh, I forgot about so that. So when it gets really hot. I like how you talk about that like it was a conscious decision. Like, yeah. Like, hey, let's. Let's put too much in here and cause ourselves an issue. Yeah. Um, which, which was rather alarming when we. Yeah. <laughs> looked at the transmission and fluid is dripping everywhere. Hey, did we just do a. We did a. Two, oh, oh, okay. I find that we less likely. We did break we, the beam, though. Seth oh, and I are pulling .001G right now. That's about right. Yeah. That's about all I got in my shoes this morning. Good with it. Um, yeah, so the little breather on top of the transmission, when it you know gets really hot and loads up, I, uh, <laughs> at times when I shift, it makes a blow-off <laughs> sound. <laughs> it literally goes... Second, <laughs> like, and that's fluid everywhere. <laughs> but uh, Chris Taylor helped us go. Like, no, it's the vent. You're fine. Yeah, he's like, no, there is a vent. 
it's coming out of there. Sure enough, we found it, and it's like, yeah, he's right. Yeah. And it'll stop that when it's ready to stop it. Yeah. I think Pete, his only technical issue was water entering rust holes in the car. Oh, Lord, they did have a lot of water. Yeah, the gallons. <laughs> multiple gallons of water. Which, to be fair, is a first-gen fit problem anyway. Like, in the top, those, like, rain gutter rails on the top of the roof. Okay. Right where they wrap down under. And this is a top tip for all you you fit. You want to do the turnaround? Oh, yeah, we should do the okay. turnaround. We only did one lap, though, in that direction. Oh, shit. Okay. You did two. Okay. Nobody's lining up except us. <laughs> no. Every um, but, yeah, right in those rain guzzers, if you pull that little plastic black piece, right where they turn down under the hatch, you will see a tiny, tiny crack on both sides. You're like, Scott, it's not a very big crack. How can water possibly get into there, let alone enough to fill the uh, spare tire well of a uh, first-in Honda Fit? Well, let me tell you, it can, and it does. Yeah, that's the thing. Although in Pete's case, I think it was a hole in the wheel well. Yes, he apparently, and there's, is it, was it from rust? I think he has a rust hole in the wheel well. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and it just, so the action of the water coming off the tire, coming down the freeway is basically like, imagine all the spray coming off a tire, yeah. but forcing it through about a two and a half inch hole and just pumping water in. Yeah. Four hours. So basically enough to fill the spare tire well in the back. And then, of course... Everything that's in it. When you brake... Oh, it slushes. It just goes forward <laughs> into the rear foot wells. It's like driving a little fit hot tub around. Yep. So if you do have those little cracks on your roof, uh, what I found to work the best is uh, the flowable windshield sealant. Because it does two things. One, it's super liquidy, so it gets like actually down into the cracks. And two, it stays um, kind of squishy even after it cures. So it can flex and move a little bit, which is really what you want. So there you go. Honda Fit people do uh, that. Fair play, my Accord has those same cracks with yeah. the what would be the same seam in like a genetic sense on the trunk. Yeah. And I need to fix those. But I my solution has been to park it under cover and not worry about it oh. so um so that was a good week like we were the week. we didn't nobody broke no I'm um we did pretty good transits were without drama except for the the one that had rain like lots and lots yeah. was that really dramatic though no it was just too just, I, i've rarely had it was two hours of complete and utter intense focus oh yeah the whole like the, the, the skippy hydroplane yeah. thing like i imagine the ao52s were worse than the 615s and i yeah i can't imagine they were better i'm i mean they didn't do rival things they didn't like lift up and want to go in some random direction that it'll do, do when you come off of it which way do you go with this i go counterclockwise and i'll show you why in a okay um yeah, otherwise, I mean, 59 was hydroplaning. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. would go 57. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a what speed do I need to drive to not wreck Bob's car? Yes. Um, and those decisions were made. Yes. So the reason why Tim and I like to go counterclockwise to set you up for your clockwise lap 
is this exits oh, you. Oh, this makes it longer. Closer, so you can set your speed and steering angle. Gotcha. For longer. Yeah, there's strategy to driving in a circle, everyone, and that's obviously if you've watched NASCAR, you already yeah. know that. Yeah. But and every circle track person ever is like, duh. Yeah, we know. Um, so let's see. So we really haven't recorded since Heartland Day One. Um, no, I recorded two tiny podcast interviewee things with people. I got like podcastettes. Podcastettes, yeah. I got like f- like fourteen minutes of, of recording done in the course of the week. Really nailed it. Ah, but Heartland um, went well for everybody. Um, it was kind of the first event. It was warm, but got it done. And again, like not every driver gets to like go do a big roval like that. So it, was, it's, it was big. It was cool. Uh, then we were on to CMP. Yep. Day three, um, which warm again. Yep. But track is cool. I it's it's just a it's beautiful. It's, it's a pretty straightforward track to drive if you've driven yep. you know a number of tracks and autocross and those sorts of things. Little bit of elevation, not a ton. But not not so much elevation that it messes with the visuals really. Right. So um, only like maybe into four or five, where it's yeah, but a little blind, but. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's an Alan Wilson track. It's really readable and really pretty safe for the most part, except for that one car. Um, uh, yeah, but you got to try. Yeah. But um, so the big, if there was big news there, it's that I drove a car on track. You did. For the first time in three years. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, when you got here, your attitude towards wanting to drive on track, I felt changed much sooner in the week than I thought it was going to. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to like think about that before we record next time to come up with a way that you're not right. Okay. Um, but I. Th- Boy, that's gonna be that's gonna be a rough week for you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> trying to, but rough my few days actually. Yes. We talking like two more days. I know. So my my thought on that is is partly just that it's hard not to want to share something that so many people have passion for. There you go. Like I'm pretty that's, sure that's like, your angle. It's the relationship angle. Well, I mean it is, but like <laughs> like for instance, I don't really want to skydive, right? Sure. Um, not my jam. But I'm pretty sure if we ended up at a skydiving competition thing. And everybody was around, and they were like, dude, here's a shoot. You should go. I would probably be like, all right, that, that looks fun. I'll do that. But I'm not going to go. For the group. I'm not going to go hunt down a parachute and go do it. Right. Um, I get and, that. and I'm way. Your pressure works on you is it what really you're does. saying. Well, no, like I, I get infected by excitement. Um, I'm very guilty of that. Sure. And if it's, especially it's something that I have a shared history and shared passion for in the past, it's really just a rekindling of that. It's a way of going, oh yeah, I do like this. Yeah. Because it's, it's been a few years. It has been. And I've been to track events. I've been to a couple grid lifes. Um, and I think, especially when you go to a grid life and there's a bunch of people not driving. Oh, it's a lot easier. It's easier to be in the not driving group. And like... Like Adam talked about too, it's like not only are there not a lot of people driving, but there are a lot of people not driving on purpose. Right. 
like with intention they are not driving yeah so um and bob's car is good it, it just is yeah we we learned an awful lot about bob's car i think yeah and i think there are several directions that can be easily checked and tested to see if they work yeah and i yeah it, it has some like it's good enough it's worth developing i think if nothing else came out of the week for bob i think that's that's a pretty solid one yeah so so cmp's a track i had a couple laps around um i felt confident in the car and i actually beat bob's time how, how did Bob feel about that? He actually was really happy because nice. it just showed him that the car itself had potential. It wasn't just that he drove a lot of laps. You know, he drove it a lot, so he kind of had a feel for it. Occasionally, you get those people who, like, have a terrible car but drive it well sure. just because they know it. And to have somebody hop in the car who didn't really know it and still be able to drive it pretty well made him happy. Sweet. Um... Michigan then we went to Barber. Barber. And so it's it's really, really hard to describe Barber if you've not been there, which I had not been previously. Uh, of course, like if you've seen any photography from Barber, you know about the spider. Um, you may not know about like the 20 other Easter egg weird things for such a nice, beautifully maintained facility. The amount of like... Art. Frivolity. Oh yeah, yeah. That's and a good like word. For lightheartedness. It. In like, there's a troll coming out of a manhole. There's uh, they have a mannequin of a woman that they hang off various bridges over the track, just cause. I would like to introduce you to motorcycle guy Scott. Yeah. Yeah, we have a, a lighthearted way about life. Um, but we didn't get to walk it. Yeah. Because barber. Yeah, shoes um, can't touch that pavement. And that for the caliber and blind turns and things for that track, for those of us who had not been there before, boy howdy. Um, yeah. Coming into turn one hot for the first time on the second lap in a car that everybody was wondering, do you have to brake or lift for? That was a moment for me. <laughs> yeah. The going sideways in Mooncake up the hill in turn one because I carried a little too much speed and of course like I did the wrong thing and lifted a little bit right at the bottom. Right. It was fine. But there was a moment that I'm like I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and I just I drove it my my plan was to drive it, you know, 95%-ish and not do anything risky. Sure. And I had a massive problem with, I don't even know what the corner numbers are, but there's like a left curb, right curb, and then it continues around to the right. Down the hill. Down the hill. That's 789. 789. So the problem was I would go into 7 and be like, here's the curbing, and I would start to turn to the right. Oh. And as soon as the track opened up, I was aimed at the grass yeah, on the inside to, of nine. And had to pull yeah. the car a full car width, car width and a half back left to go around the curb to yeah. go right. Yeah. And I would like multiple seconds of failure yeah. every time I did it. Yeah. And I did it, I would say two and a half laps. The first two laps I did it hard. 
In the third lap, I did it badly, but not yeah, let's face crushingly this on bad. Some, uh, hands warm up. Yeah, but Barber was. So the first session, I was so focused on like trying to figure out the visuals and like try to get a flow. Like I was just honed in and trying to do the work. Um, even after the checkered, like I kept going into turn one because I needed another shot at it just to like try to get it right. And but then second session happened, starting to kind of get the flow and the feel of it, and they threw the checkered, and I'm like, I. I want to keep going. Yeah, I, I like Barber. I I really, really, really want to ride Barber on motorcycle. That's what the track is there for. Sure. Um, but I would go Oof. back and, like, if somebody said, okay, but your only opportunity is a car weekend, I would put new brakes on the Accord and, yep. and go do more laps there. And the, the facility, like, the track is amazing on its own. The facility is unlike anything I've ever been to by a country mile and you don't even know we didn't get a chance to I, go into the museum I or know. any of the other stuff that is part of the bad part about one lap is you just largely don't have time to do much of much sightseeing right what but yeah if if you know what if you're from west michigan or you've been to west michigan there's frederick meyer gardens which is this beautiful facility like with meticulously maintained landscape got like a butterfly exhibit they've got like the art garden they've got all this stuff like that's barber mixed with like the nicest golf course you've ever seen that doesn't have golf course things and just happens to have some really nice motorsport stuff and what li that's literally the the biggest and best motorcycle museum in the world and the and for people who are like eh bikes they also have the premier Lotus cars exhibition in the world including a bunch of disassembled early Lotuses where you look at the frame and the motor it's like a like one of those models that you snap the pieces yeah, out yeah. of they've got a bunch of, of Lotuses where you like you can look at all of it and you can look at how they put it together like stripped frames showing the brazing on the chassis yeah I'm, I'm bummed we didn't get to go in it's worthwhile yeah um <laughs> <laughs> Eric Collins just scootered by with a, a, a Spartan helmet on? It's from the movie Gladiator. Oh, yeah, Gladiator it's helmet. The, the Spaniard helmet that everybody knows him for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got it at a truck stop um, somewhere. As one does. <laughs> yeah, as one does. Um, so from Barber, we um, our longest transit of the week good god that was a long way 700 was, miles uh yeah 10 and a half hours which we've had longer to be fair but that was definitely it's a solid one um from barber up to hallett in oklahoma um you could tell when you crossed the border yeah. it yep. was it was a thing yep uh rainy thunderstormy yeah rainy and they don't have garages. They have like those tin roof, open side, kind of shelters. They were so nice. And we, in context, with our gracious patron Seth, secured one for the four of our cars. I got there early and just just threw money at the lady <laughs> in the office. I was like, "How many bills do you need? Like, I'll just keep going." And it was. Every penny, thank you. Yeah. Every it was, penny it was, it was worth it amazing. that day. It actually hailed for a hot second. It did. 
we had to go red flag conditions twice due to thunderstorms, lightning. Lightning. Um, I mean, thunder was there too. Right. Um, but it was tricky. Hallett's, uh, Becky drove that day. Hallett's pretty slick. Um, and there's not a huge amount of grip difference between rain and dry, and dry line. line. Yeah. So, and there is elevation and there are some blind, yes. tricky stuff. Like it's, it's a challenge. Downhill braking. There's some of the runoff is like it's there, but in the wet, a car is going fast enough yeah. that there's, there's not enough friction in the grass no. to prevent you from bumping into 70 year old tire walls. Yep. Which happened. Happened twice in the same session. Yeah. Uh, probably due to fixation if we're being honest. Um, maybe but so that happened uh all of our cars made it through um both sessions second session was not dry by any stretch but it was i can't remember it was, was it not, dry it was it was dry it was it was mostly dry except for the places that don't dry out quickly sure so Definitely but, still but damp. Most of those places are a couple of those places are also kind of sketchy. So yep. that's usually high speed corners. Yeah. Um, and then from there we had the delightfully short that we thought transit from Hallett to Heartland. Yep. That was like four and a half hours. And so we're like, hey, why don't the four cars like why don't we cruise together? And let's go, like, have an actual sit-down dinner. I've never done that on a one-lap before. Which is the first time I've ever done it in transit. Right. From one, like, you do the celebration dinner at the end. Right. But never, like, in between. So we stopped. We had, we dodged, like, all the weather up to that point. And I was getting haughty. I'm like, man, all these teams talking about how bad the transit. It wasn't that bad. Sure enough, we get in the car, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, if that long. If that. We hit massive rainstorms, and I found the exact mile per hour at which Mooncake hydroplanes and just drove under that with the most intense focus for like two hours straight. We got in before 10, and mentally, I was done. It felt like a very long transit. I couldn't, like it felt like we got in at 3 a.m. I just like... Brian DeFries came out, like, I grabbed his beer, took a drink, and I'm like, it's great to see you. I'm going to bed. Bob had, like, three beers in eight minutes, got got <laughs> right. borderline falling down silly, and immediately went to bed. It was the it was the most, <laughs> like, 17-year-old thing I've ever seen somebody yeah. do on one lap. Yeah, Bob's cute. Bob was adorable. Um, so, from there, Heartland, uh, we had a damp morning. Uh, it was wet yeah. for the first run groups, and then it got dry-ish towards the end, but not dry. It's definitely damp. I drove that morning, and knowing that it was going to be damp and wet out there, and I, we made a pressure strategy idea decision thing that I think went horribly, horribly wrong. That can happen. And... By the end of the first lap, the car was just skating around on beach balls, and it was oh, that's right, genuinely horrifying. And I got to the point where I let Tim buy me, and then he spun the car, and then he got back on track, and he still beat me. Yes. Um, and it was just I good, and good for Tim. Like, well, oh yeah, Tim did. Tim did good. Tim 
Tim lived in Poland for several years. Tim basically didn't drive anything like, for like two or yeah, three yeah, years. Yeah, like not track cars, but he didn't like own a anything. car in Poland. Yes. He just rode bikes around. And like he was planning on coming and then he wasn't coming and kind of put it out of his mind. And then the day before Tech and Sticker Day, it's like he's coming. He threw a bunch of crap into a duffel bag borrowed his father-in-law's car and drove nine and a half hours the day of tech and sticker day to yeah. get here by like six thirty-seven. yeah and he, so it's like the fact that he could like barely like I, that that's harsh like he couldn't quantify the experience yet there was a lot of emotion going so a on a lot of things <laughs> things um but great. I'm super glad he was able to come and kind of completed the group. I it was felt good. Like. He's good for the group. Um, Heartland. So we did fast three and slow eight was the configuration that we did. Sure. I have no idea. Um, that track, I would have sworn to you before I drove that track, just based on the videos I was watching, that that track was flat as NOLA. Yeah. And it is not. It is not. Um, it's Kansas, so it's, it's not Barber. Right. But, uh, was it turn four or five? It's the, it's the, the big carousel. It's got tons of elevation gain going into it with all the camber. Carry it's it's basically banked. It's got so yes. much camber. It's basically a banked corner. Yes. And you can carry a silly amount of speed into it. Maybe. There. I couldn't. Um. But it was on this day that I was finally figuring out that when Mooncake rotates, it's not trying to kill you. It's trying to help you. Sure. And if, and if, and if I did certain things, could be fairly quick in it. Uh, watching Scott's video and what his hands were doing to make the car <laughs> continue down the track was... Good fun. It, it doesn't... Like, if my hands were moving that much on a lap, I would not come off and think, that was great. I would think, <laughs> I lived through that, and I'm yeah. surprised. Yeah. Um, really good fun. Um, and then in the afternoon, it was shockingly like we were waiting for rain, but it... It, mo it literally moved around us. Around us. And it was weird. And then we get to go sit in a helicopter. We did. So, yeah, that morning, again, the, the, the great and weird culture that is car people uh, we had a guy show up pull up in front of our garages that we rented because we were expecting a torrential downpour that day uh, in a red in a Enos Miata like with the little badge yeah. and everything gets out of it this monster of a dude super tall in army fatigues and he's like are you guys the Sunday Cup cars? <laughs> I'm like, maybe. <laughs> He's like, hi, I'm I'm John. Like, I'm part of uh, Grassroots Motorsports, and and I I got some stuff for you. So he opens the passenger door again. This dude's tall. I'm not short, dude, and this guy makes me feel like a child. Um, reaches down, grabs two dozen like locally made donuts. And I'm like, sweet donuts. He goes back in the car. <laughs> he grabs two boxes of coffee with, like, a cup bag, 
a lid bag, a creamer bag, and, and it's just like, yeah, I just wanted to wish you guys good luck. It was phenomenal. And, and he took time out of his day, money out of his pocket, just to come, like, give us a few nice things. And, and he, we kept being like, do you need to be at work? And he's like, in a few minutes, in a few minutes. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure if they have a, a punch clock over at the at the uh, the Army National Guard base, yeah. he did not make the punch clock. I, Because he was hanging out with us. And we did, like, six people tried to buy his Miata from him in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, and he was like, well, hey, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get off work to come back and see you guys in time you run. But if if you give me, like, a few minutes heads up, here's my number, call me, and you guys can probably sit in a Black Hawk helicopter. <laughs> yes. We don't usually do, like, extracurriculars on Again, transits. like, we talked about Barber. Like, yeah. we didn't go in the Barber Museum because we're like, we have a lot of driving to do. Right. And the transit from Heartland to Putnam it wasn't short. Wasn't it was like, terrible, but it wasn't it was like short. seven and a half hours. Seven and a half hours plus a time change not in our favor. Right. Um, and we collectively, without much discussion, we're like, yeah, we we need to go going do this. to do that. Yeah. So he set it up, got permission. So we've got these four. <laughs> four Sunday Cup cards rolling on base, showing the gate guard our IDs. And sure enough, he's waiting there in the parking lot, shows us where to park, and we take like a five-minute walk. He opens the door, and bam, we've got like six Black Hawk helicopters hanging out. And he uh, wisely, very wisely, pops the nose cone on it. He's like, hey, just give me a second. He starts unplugging these three massive connectors. He's like, closes he's like all right now you guys can get in and touch whatever you want look at this it's just the kind of thing you do when like a five-year-old is gonna he do anything exactly <laughs> like car people what's this what does this lever what, do what's this button do why is this one blinking yeah it's like i got in and grabbed the joystick and instantly it's like ooh, red buttons yeah and i just started pushing crap <laughs> it was awesome like the mechanics came over. You fawned over their snap-on tools. Oh, like amazing, Kevin. like laser-cut foam oh, so snap-on toolboxes. It tool was beautiful. And, yeah. Beautiful. And we roasted one of the guys for having a uh, Mazda Speed 3. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Just, we just met the guy, and he's like, a oh, Mazda Speed 3. Oh, that's you. And just instantly, like. That's okay. He roasted me for motorcycles. He goes, oh, I heard oh. one of you roast motorcycles. I said, yeah, just little ones. He's like, oh, like 650s? <laughs> I've... <laughs> That was the like, hardest I laughed the entire trip. It's like, no. <laughs> no, like, not, like order like, of magnitude like, smaller. Like 65s. <laughs> uh, that was memorable. I did then show me. him a picture of me with elbow down. So I was like, but it's still cool. I swear. <laughs> he was like, yeah, sure it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, Heartland for me, I think, was my best driving day when everything was like clicking. So that was a... That was a good day for me. Then we had the, yeah, seven and a half turned into eight and a half hour clock hour transit back to Putnam yep. in Indiana, which is like right near where I grew up, but never drove I mean, there. You didn't, you have to know car people to do car things back in the day. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, Becky's day. And it started out damp and the first session got progressively worse to the point where by the time our group went, it was the worst conditions of the morning by 
a margin. Yeah. Um, and the track was grippier than um, Hallett. Yep. But still, like, high flowy corners and, like, one actual break zone. And Bob has a bunch of laps there. It's it's yes. his home course. It's like less than an hour away yep. from his house. And, and Becky um, had one day. Like I think she got three sessions, but like one of them was just a hot mess. Yeah. Um, um, but so at least she knew like. The like flow like of heads it. up to Bob, in the wet. Bob drove really really well to the point where he caught. Yes. The, the car, car at the back. At the, the back. Bob went out in the front. He caught the car at the back, which, you know, like a lapping scenario. and Which doesn't happen over three laps on the one lap. No, not very often. often. And he was, he wisely just sort of like eased up on the back of the car and, you know, lost a little bit of time. But, but you know, did the gentlemanly yep. gentlemanly thing and um, uh, came off the car track feeling like super good about himself was, so that and Hallett were really good performances for him yeah he felt really well, good in the afternoon in, yep. in in Putnam too when it got dry because we and then we got the best conditions of the, the second session yeah. because it the rain that was supposed to came never did and although I was oh it was worrying when we were in grid yeah it we had like two run groups to go and there was a front that appeared to be getting bigger at a quick pace and I kept waiting Becky was in the car and I'm like I left that tire pressures high just in case and the hood opened so for shocks and waiting and it's like just kept not getting closer at a certain point so it's like first the she was on deck and I'm like all right now I've made my decision we're gonna do this and in the radios like, I could tell after the morning session, like, she wanted to perform. Yeah. Um, so the the one thing, so the goofy thing about one lap, if there, I mean, there's a lot of goofy things about one lap, but you're, you, we, we very much self-police on the idea that, like, get your shit ready and go out on track. Yes. Which all, all track days to do to some extent, but in one lap, it's not uncommon to be have crap left in your car and be like drinking a coffee and taking a nap in line and yeah. things like that. I, I fell asleep in grid on more than one occasion. So Bob got all this stuff and got ready and moved up to grid and fell asleep and then was woken up by cars moving and got out on track, first hot lap, gets into the first, there's a, in the dry there's a heavier braking zone. Yes. And he hits <laughs> hits the brakes. And the half-filled Mountain Dew bottle by his elbow flies forward. <laughs> That's, right. That's right, yeah. Hits the dash next to the steering wheel and falls into his footwell. And he spends he spends a lap and a half trying to drive Kick as fast out. as he can while trying to recover it. Yeah. And um, it's too bad we didn't have like one of those um, motorsport like race like foot cam like to see the footwork like to see that left foot working as hard as it possibly can so like that's the one thing about one lap is is there's a bunch of times where on a normal track weekend you would be like okay i'm gonna come in and fix something i'm gonna come in and change something and in one lap you've got three laps and you don't get a do-over no um when i went out at heartland 100 percent, if i had been in a regular track situation i would have come in Sure. Like, I would not have driven laps with the car feeling like that. True. Um, and, like, anyone with a tiny degree of sanity, once they realize they have a Mountain Dew bottle in their footwell, <laughs> would come in 
and uh, fix that. And um, it's one lap, so we got to do our laps. Yeah, podcasting. Tom O'Gorman. No. We've got a V8 things. Yeah, V8 things. Say hi real quick. Hi real quick. Nailed it. We're Everybody's off. lining we, up for the picture, the survivor's yeah. photo. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> Tom Sutter. Oh, the yeah. McLaren had no check engine That's lights right. this year. Phenomenal. Who knew? Who knew? So now we have to just wave people by because we can't say hello to yeah. literally Let's, everyone. Uh, we'll, we'll walk over here. We're So the cars are um, coming onto the skid pad for the survivor photo. So basically, if you make it to the end, we all line up and get to do a thing. So anyway, Becky, mentally, I could see after her wet session at Putnam in the morning that we sat down, watched video, kind of looked at where low-hanging fruit, where the improvements could be done in the wet, and sitting in there over lunch, she's like, I want to go right now. (laughs) And so when it was time, helmeted up, she was in the car, sitting on grid she's like i'm gonna go kick some ass like she was just in that mind space that i'm going to perform well regardless of condition or adverse anything that comes up i'm going to do well and she did she did quite well yeah she and you could tell watching the car that she was driving with with confidence and ability and it's so riding motorcycles, you obviously can tell if somebody feels scared or not by their body position. Oh, yeah, I bet so. But, like, it's really obvious. Yeah, we talk you... about body language with a car, and if you wheel-to-wheel race or if you even pay attention on the highway, right. you know when a car is going to change lanes before it changes lanes. Right. And you can see confidence, like, in wheel-to-wheel, I'm sure you guys can see it. Like, you can tell if the guy in front of you has confidence yes. in how he's driving yes and you can see that in individual cars and becky just went out like i watched her go through the sequence leading onto the main straight and i was like dude she feels good yeah and it was obvious and she did you know she uh because we were there we did like again that one weird test day with stock suspension stock alignment and 615s and she knocked was it seven and a half seconds off of that time? Yeah. With suspension and tires. I think she might have mentioned that she actually beat your best time from that day. I don't lap. Um, she thought she did. Yeah, I think she did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she may not have said it out loud where you could hear it. Oh, no, I think I was standing right next to her. Okay. <laughs> she was... Not that she's competitive, but she does pay attention. Oh, she... Yes. So, um, yeah, that happened. And then we we packed up. We had a fairly short commute. We made some reservations at a local Japanese restaurant. Had uh, a lot of sushi. A lot, and, yeah. And uh, I had a small thing of warm sake, which... <laughs> On your pants? Yeah. <laughs> It was like the first cup. It's like I just reached for something, and sure enough, warm well, the sake. sake. Cups in in your defense, sake cups are like are like They're weeble wobbles. They're <laughs> really small on the bottom, like that, and they 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 tip over. Yeah, they 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 do not cup things. They don't do cup things. Well. Yeah, um, it's a thimble. So, and that was great. So our entire like 
octuplet sat down kind of shared some memorable parts most of us and <laughs> and uh now we're we here went, we went back to the hotel and said hi to a few people we woke up real early this morning got here and so we could line up uh with our foursome it's like please don't put us behind randy popes in the giant i mean like oh, it's kind of cool to be behind randy but well at least it's the marlin's car which is super recognizable with the wrap yeah but yeah that's so we're so there's actually I'm a sorry sh- mooncake's gonna be right behind super case wing we're gonna which is just as yeah bad. that's bad so there's actually a strategy to the survivors photos where you if you get never mind i'm not gonna tell people about it they, they want to know if you want to meet me in person i will talk to you about the strategy yes. for survivors photos in person we will share all of our secrets yeah um but yeah so survivor photo is a really special thing and something that uh becky and i've been able to do all four years that we've competed in the one lap this where we line up and on the skid pad in front of a huge building and this will um, be my my fifth of uh the six i've done not that the car didn't survive the other year but i had to fly home yeah, early yeah. Yep. Um, to be the chief safety steward for an event which was weird it was the coolest yeah. thing one of the coolest race car things i've ever done to leave an event early get on an airplane get home at like 10 p.m wake up the next morning and go be like chief safety steward in an event i was like i'm a race car guy and i do race car things yeah it was it was kind of my peak nice. thing <laughs> that's peak seth yeah that's his i just want to feel good yeah. about stuff but we i'm i'm emotional right now yeah it's just now starting to hit me like we did not just a thing but we did a thing as a group wanting to not prove a point but like wanting to demonstrate something that it doesn't you don't need a factory showroom race car you don't need like a hyper car to come on the one lap compete hard and and enjoy the experience yeah bringing out common cars prepared for the track isn't some sort of joke no it's not just a silly thing it is it is as valid as anybody else being there and at times i would argue it helps you enjoy the experience more because you're not worried about breaking a car you're not worried about boy i need to be careful well, if something if something happens, it's not half the value of a house or more right. than the value of a house. Right. It's it's the cars aren't disposable because they matter to us, but they are replaceable in a way that a lot of the some of the rest of these cars are not. Yes. Um so I don't know. It makes I'm 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 staring right now at uh Andy Hollis's McLaren and right behind that is Pete Lindbergh's Fit. And the difference in width between those two cars is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Oh, there! I'm going to take a picture of it real quick. They're looking at letting. Uh, That's because they crushed it yesterday. Dude, they did. They did great. Yeah, Matt and Brian from Colorado in their S2000, who had to knock the cat out of their car earlier this week. Yeah, so Matt Hartland, because the entire media went sideways and base virtually choked off all the motor they finished the event going 20 miles an hour we're gonna hope the epa doesn't listen to our podcast it's fine 
Um, Probably fine. But uh, they did great. Like they crushed it yesterday. So it was it was so awesome. Um, I don't know what else to say. I'm emotional. I don't think yeah. I can talk no, yeah, legitimately right now. We should up. wrap this up. Um, from the tire rack skid pad. Yeah, I mean it's uh, that's where we are. From the tire rack skid pad. I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. Thanks. Uh, thanks for playing along. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>